0: Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors.
1: The United States Senate, where doing our job is really the House's job, which makes our job criticizing the bad job the House did at their job. Therefore, doing our job is no longer our job.
0: The Senate Republicans' adhesive excuses wall throwing committee for throwing excuses at a wall to see which excuses stick. Just because the president does something that rises to the level of being an impeachable offense doesn't necessarily mean it's a good idea to remove him from
1: office. And Abraham Lincoln, ironically saving the union by founding the political party that would eventually destroy it. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices are almost as passive and useless as John Roberts presiding over the Senate trial.
0: Our top story this week... Secretary of State and tubby tub of toxic masculinity Mike Pompeo granted an interview to NPR reporter Mary Louise Kelly and then freaked out when she asked him questions about Ukraine.
1: That story once again, whiny idiot screams at journalists for doing the job of a journalist.
2: Secretary Pompeo, given your direct involvement in the Ukrainian scandal that President Trump is currently being impeached for, don't you think you should testify before the Senate?
3: I can't believe that a journalist would ask me about the most important crisis facing our nation, especially since I am directly involved in the crisis. This kind of quality journalism is an affront to everything this president has worked so hard to redefine journalism as.
0: According to Kelly, Pompeo asked if she really thinks Americans care about Ukraine in an obscenity-laced rant that culminated with Pompeo producing a blank map of the world without any of the countries labeled and challenging her to identify Ukraine. Which she did.
1: That story once again. Apparently, the Secretary of State believes extorting a foreign country into cheating in an American election is justifiable if a reporter can't locate said foreign country on a blank world map, which he has in his office for some reason.
3: I bet you can't even find Ukraine on this blank world map, which I conveniently happen to have in my office.
4: Why do you have a blank world
2: map in your office?
3: Because if you can't identify a country on a blank world map, then you can do whatever you want to that country.
2: That's your defense against impeachment.
3: Yes. President Trump can't find America on a map, so he can do whatever he wants here, too.
2: First
4: of all, that's ridiculous. Second of all, Ukraine is right there. And third... Are
3: you sure about that? Putin told me that was part of Russia. Of course he did. I'm pretty sure this landmass, which Putin assured me will soon belong to Russia, is Ukraine.
2: That's Alaska.
3: Then what's this?
2: The Pacific Ocean.
3: I thought this was the Pacific Ocean.
2: No, that's the logo of the company that made the map.
0: Get the fuck out! As decent human beings, we here at Barely Audible Whisper join the rest of the world in condemning Secretary Pompeo's reprehensible abuse of an NPR journalist who is simply doing her job.
1: However, as an NPR parody podcast, Barely Audible Whisper was particularly offended by the shouting.
0: As a NPR parody produced by NPR fans, Barely Audible Whisper believes the key to poking fun at NPR journalists lies in barely audible whispering.
1: That story, once again.
0: Get the fuck out. Even when pleasantly put, Pompeo's abusive behavior toward a probing journalist should be condemned by all decent people. Which explains why President Trump congratulated
1: him for it. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. Congratulations to Mike Pompeo, who is the greatest
5: secretary of state in the history of Secretary's Day because he yelled at a woman.
3: Aw, he noticed me.
5: He was all like, I bet you can't even find Ukraine on a map. But then she did find Ukraine on the map. He really showed her.
0: Not surprisingly, Pompeo defended his abhorrent behavior by lying about Marie Louise Kelly who he lyingly accused of being a liar.
6: That woman lied to me.
3: She woman-tricked me into an agreement that she wouldn't ask me about Ukraine. But then she asked me about Ukraine because she's a woman-tricky, lying woman.
1: Email exchanges between Ms. Kelly and Pompeo's press secretary revealed that no such agreement ever existed.
3: Do you really think Americans care about email exchanges? I bet she can't even find Ukraine on the blank world map email attachment that I attach to all my emails because I really thought this blank world map shtick would work out better for me.
0: So, while we here at Barely Audible Whisper continue our weekly parody of NPR, we would like to remind all three of our listeners that we do so as NPR fans who laugh at what we love with self-deprecating humor.
1: The ability to laugh at yourself through separate... The ability to laugh at yourself through self-deprecating humor is an important quality in being a decent and humble human being, which explains why Mike Pompeo can't locate self-deprecation on his own blank world map.
0: Get the fuck out. President Trump's impeachment trial defense team only used 12 of their allotted 24 hours to present their case. Because unlike Trump's other defense team, Fox News, 24 hours of pure bullshit proved to be too much for them.
1: It really gives you a new appreciation for just how hard Fox News works at lying.
0: Here to help us summarize Trump's defense is our legal expert, Allegation.
4: Hello! I'm legal expert, Allegation here to explain President Trump's impeachment trial defense. Although Trump's legal defense could probably be better explained by a bad magic expert because it was basically just a poorly performed series of painfully obvious attempts at misdirection. Take, for example, the terrible linguistic tricks attempted by formerly respected legal scholar, but currently a Fox News personality, Alan
2: Dershowitz. When the framers included impeachment in the Constitution, they never intended for impeachment to be used to impeach a president.
1: As always, our Alan Dershowitz impersonator is a woman, because we tried it last week and it worked.
2: Consider Alexander Hamilton, who said with his dying breath, and I quote, "Ow." That son of a bitch just shot me! But the
4: historical anomaly has proved to be merely a springboard for Dershowitz's semantic games.
2: The words abuse of power are in fact so vague and not enumerated that abuse can be related to substance abuse and power can refer to electricity. And therefore, impeaching Trump for abuse of power sets a precedent that the next president will be impeached for an addiction to electricity. Which brings us to
4: Kenneth Starr who you may remember from his starring role in other impeachments, such as being the independent counsel who prosecuted Bill Clinton for lying about oral sex.
3: Can you imagine thinking something as trivial as extorting a foreign government into election interference rises to the level of lying about a blow job? <laughs> But I, I'm sorry. I can't keep a straight face. It's too ridiculous.
4: Unfortunately, Starr actually did manage to keep a straight face, and his galling lecture lasted so long that real-life, legally blonde Pam Bondi was actually a refreshing change. The Democrats are being, like, so
7: totally lame right now. They laid out all this, like, evidence and junk that establishes this, like, timeline of events or whatever that, like, totally implicate the president, who is, like, super awesome in a scheme to, like, extort Ukraine, which I, like, couldn't even find on the blank map Mike Pompeo keeps in his
4: office for no reason, so who cares? Bondi spent 30 minutes laying out the case for impeaching President Hunter Biden. But what about Hunter Biden? Hunter
7: Biden is, like, totally lame and junk because he makes, like, a lot of money sitting on the board of directors of an oil and gas company, even though he's, like, not even an expert in oil and gas. And, like, I know most boards of directors are filled with overpaid, non-industry experts. But, like, Hunter Biden is... Totally corrupt because his company was investigated. But then, like two years after the investigation went cold, his dad threatened to withhold money from Ukraine unless they fired the prosecutor who stopped investigating Hunter Biden's company and replaced him with a prosecutor who opened the investigation into Hunter Biden's company. And if you consider those events in the wrong order, they sound like
4: totally suspicious. Danger, danger, danger. We've come to the part where Jay Seculo repeats the phrase, danger, 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 in an argument that I can only assume sounded better when he practiced it in front of his mirror.
3: Danger, danger, danger. The Democrats warned us that we were in so much danger, danger, danger that the inevitable delay of a year or longer in subpoenaing the evidence and witnesses that further prove their case was too long of a delay. Danger. 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 And yet, they delayed these proceedings by three and a half weeks. Surely a delay of three and a half weeks and over a year are exactly the same thing.
4: Occasionally, he did this weird thing where he referred back to something one of his colleagues said, then said he wasn't going to talk about what his colleague had said, and then rephrased what his colleague had said in the most extreme possible language, only to return to his original insane point.
3: As my colleague Pam Bondi laid out in an impossible timeline of events that recklessly accused Hunter Biden of the very thing President Trump is being impeached for, which I won't go into other than to say Hunter Biden murders kittens, time is irrelevant and reality is what we say it is. Danger. 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 Words like time and reality itself are meaningless constructs to be perpetually redefined as whatever serves the immediate interests of the president.
4: This guy is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous.
3: The real danger, danger, danger lies in the hypothetical fear that by impeaching any president for any reason, we will one day live in a world where any president can be impeached for any reason. Danger. Danger! Danger! And that last time I meant to imply real danger, 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 and not the fake danger, danger, danger that I've been dismissively referring to as danger, danger, danger.
4: Thankfully, Trump's defense team couldn't squeeze as much bullshit into a three-day period as Fox News does every day. And so White House Counsel Pat Cipollone brought things to a close with his trademark slow and condescending cadence that you might expect from someone addressing a bunch of small children. He's basically what it would sound like if Mr. Rogers was a dick.
3: It's fun to manipulate information, boys and girls. We've manipulated so much information over the course of this not-really-a-trial trial that everybody refers to it as a trial, even though it doesn't have any elements of a trial, like documents, or witnesses, or evidence. Can you say bad faith actors, boys and girls? I know a majority of Republican senators can. That's why we're telling them to vote against witnesses. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a not trial. No witnesses, no evidence. Let's not have a trial. No.
0: We've appropriately devoted most of this episode to impeachment, but there's a lot of other news worth talking
1: about. Plus, both sides' arguments have been so repetitive that we're running out of new jokes.
0: So, to break things up, here's a series of mini-sketches that catch us up on the rest of the major news this week. Earlier this week... Kobe
7: Bryant died! Hi, I'm TMZ, and... Kobe Bryant died!
0: Yes, I was going to go through the normal, respectful process... Helicopter and-
7: crash! He's dead! Some other people do.
0: And introduce you, but since you're in such a hurry to be first, abandoning all sense of decorum, I'm not letting you tell the story. Yes, basketball legend Kobe Bryant was among nine people who died in a helicopter crash, and TMZ was rightfully chastised for breaking the story before his family had a chance to be notified.
1: There's not much comedy to be found in a tragedy like this, so we'll skip to the part where MSNBC's Allison Morris said this. Uh,
7: nope, not going to play this part. Allie, you do it. Nope. No
4: way. Molly can do it.
1: Bad idea, you guys. I already mess up the words all the time. I might make it worse. Fine. Kobe Bryant was the kind of star that was perfectly cast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, that's not what she said. See? I messed it up.
0: (sighs) Morris claims she accidentally mixed up the team names Knicks and Lakers and ended up saying something very much like the N-word.
1: Moving along. After Iran bombarded a U.S. military base in Iraq... President Trump was quick to announce that no Americans were harmed, but that turned out not to be true.
0: Defense Department spokespersons like Jonathan Hoffman then trickled truth to the actual damage. Several people were treated
3: for concussions. Uh, hmm, we can now confirm that 11 service members were injured. You know what, let's round that up to 34.
1: Looks like it was more like 50.
0: President Trump then said this about the
1: service member's concussions. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that. I don't consider them very serious injuries,
5: relative to other injuries I've seen. I've seen people with no legs and no arms. So, relative to having a leg blown off, there
1: were no casualties. Here to explain the seriousness of brain injuries are football legend and notorious over-explainer John Madden and concussed former AAF quarterback Mike Bercovici.
6: In the game of football, a lot of times a player gets injured. Now an injury is what happens when a part of your body gets hurt. Your brain is a part of your body, so a brain injury is when the part of your body that is your brain is a part of your body that gets injured. Sweet potato pie. When I was a football coach, which is a coach that coaches the game of football, uh, we didn't treat brain injuries to the brain part of the body as serious as other injuries to other parts of the body. And lots of players ended up with repeated concussions. Boom! Which is a brain injury, which is an injury to the brain part of the body, like Mike here, who mostly speaks about pie and things that are related to pie. Graham cooker crust. So, you know, a guy who has uh, a knee injury, is his knee that doesn't work so well anymore. But a guy who has a brain injury to the brain part of his body, you know, that guy's brain doesn't work so well anymore. Cool. So if the president, who is the person who presides over their country, doesn't think a brain injury to the brain part of the body is a serious injury, the thing about an injury is it's always serious to the part of the body which the brain injury or any injury is part
0: Next of Next story, the President is Trump is injury. publicly patting himself on the back for putting together a deal for a two-state solution in Israel and Palestine, which the Palestinians will never accept.
1: No Palestinians were involved in putting together this deal. But if they were, it might look something like this. Here's
5: the deal. Jerusalem remains the Israeli capital.
2: I can already tell you this will be
5: a no deal. In addition, and this is very fair because I make the best deals, you will get to be your own state, but not for a while
2: yet. And you can't do anything Israel disapproves of. I could walk out now, but I could use a laugh. Tell me what else you think you're giving us.
5: There's an investment plan of many billions of dollars And you can take my word that I and the rich people investing in the plan are not going to use it to exploit pastel Indians and make ourselves even richer. It's Palestinians. I would rather take a bullet than take your word on anything. In your new country of Pencil Tip, which will only have some of the rights of statehood so that we can still control you, you'll get some of the land back that Israel took from you, but not all of it. And... You get a little sliver of East Jerusalem
2: to be a cute little capital if you want. What about the Jordan Valley, which we depend on for irrigation? Israel gets it. Who controls our borders? Israel does. And do we get an army? The state of Pence's time must be bullied de Miller Ridges. President Trump, and I say this with all due respect, fuck you and your stupid hair and your stupid fat ass, and your horrible family, and everything you stand for! Uh,
5: that wasn't very respectful. I said I'll do
2: respect.
0: Uh. More on that later, but first, one more story for this segment. Trump's administration is rolling back waterway protections under the Clean Water Act.
1: This is yet another step in the Environmental Protection Agency's attempts to protect as little of the environment as possible.
0: Here is EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler justifying this rollback of clean water protections.
3: I know what you're thinking. We're only doing this because Trump wants to undo all of Obama's executive actions. Plus, our rich business owners who give us money want to be able to pollute with reckless abandon because not polluting is a tiny bit more expensive. But the real reason is that... Oh, well. Uh, states' rights. Yup, uh, we think it makes more sense for each state to regulate its own waterways. Obama's rule was a big government overreach. I mean, some of the waterways it protected are only waterways sometimes, and sometimes they dry up. <laughs> so why why shouldn't we be able to pollute a dry ditch that will later have water running through it? I mean, we're still protecting the major waterways, like the ones that are on multiple states. That makes sense. We're just not protecting the little streams and wetlands and things that feed into those major waterways, because everyone knows that pollution just sinks to the bottom and stays in place, and that water isn't all part of one big connected system. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, I've got some checks to cash before the world dries up, so bye.
0: So, that's the non-impeachment news. Sorry none of it was good.
1: Mike Bervinsky, Berkonski, Berkonvinky, (laughs) Berkajee, Berkajee.
0: After both sides presented their cases in the Senate impeachment trial, the Senate was able to question the House managers and President Trump's defense team.
1: In a needlessly long and drawn-out process, the Senators submitted written questions to Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts, who has been presiding over the trial by not doing anything. Chief Justice John Roberts then read the questions out loud.
0: Yay, I finally get to do something. Here to explain why the questions had to be presented in such a needlessly long and drawn-out process instead of simply asked directly by the Senators themselves, is Barely Audible Whisper's own, expert on everything, a Harvard professor so pretentious he insists on being called Dr. Professor.
3: I don't know!
1: Huh. Dr. Professor is usually much more long-winded than that.
6: The impeachment trial format of having senators submit written questions to be read aloud
3: by the chief justice and presiding officer dates back to the Bill Clinton impeachment trial of the 1990s, when it was decided that senators would submit written questions to be read aloud by the chief justice for no
0: good reason. Well, whatever the reason.
3: There is no good
0: reason. Barely audible whisper obtained audio of the Senate questioning.
1: It was covered live on every news outlet. Don't say we obtained audio like that's some sort of accomplishment.
3: Without objection, the Senators will now submit questions for me to read aloud so that I finally get to do something. Written questions will be slowly walked up to me after I call for them to create as many awkward pauses in the televised proceedings as possible. The first predictable partisan talking point, I mean question, is for the House managers. If the witnesses you want to question are so important... Why didn't you question them in the House?
7: Republicans obstructed our investigation by blocking all of our requests for witnesses and evidence. So naturally, we assumed that the Republican-controlled Senate would call witnesses and produce evidence because... I don't know why. Much like the process of having the Chief Justice read Senators' questions for them. I'm sure our reasoning made sense at the time, but then when you actually see it in practice, it seems childish and poorly thought through.
3: House Democrats expected Senate Republicans to cooperate with their witness requests, and I'm reading questions like a game show host. Alan Dershowitz, you're being impersonated by a woman in this sketch for what is also no good reason. Would you like to add to the inherent stupidity of this part of the trial by saying something insane?
2: Every politician believes that their re-election is in the best interest of the country. Therefore, everything the president does in his own political self-interest is, from the president's point of view, in the country's best interest. Therefore, the president's interests are the country's interests.
3: On the one hand, the president's defense is literally arguing that the president is the state, which is the literal definition of an authoritarian dictatorship. On the other hand, if I point that out, I'd be doing something that might actually be construed as presiding over this trial that I'm presiding over, and in keeping with the question-reading tradition of doing things for no real reason, I'm dead set against actually presiding over the trial I'm presiding over.
2: The President is the state. The Revolutionary War was counterproductive. President Trump is king. Kings cannot commit crimes.
3: Time for our next predictable partisan talking point, I mean question. This next question is being walked up to me painfully slowly by a Democrat, so it's almost certainly about John Bolton. You have no way of knowing when the question will get here because our one and only wide camera shot doesn't show the back of the room, making it impossible for viewers to gauge how far away the staffer with the question is. There's no good reason for that either. Here's the staffer with the question. They just wrote, John Bolton with a question mark. This whole question about John Bolton question mark came about because of a partial transcript of a book John Bolton wrote. Therefore, the only reasonable way for the American people to be able to determine what the transcript says is for senators to read the transcript in a classified setting and for those senators to never be allowed to tell anyone what those transcripts said. In keeping with the tradition of me reading things out loud for no reason, I move that I be allowed to read the transcripts out loud. DANGER, DANGER, DANGER. If you read the transcripts out loud to the Senators, then the Senators will hear you. When the President tells people to read something, he is counting on them NOT reading it so that he can tell them what it says and then substitute what he wants it to say for what it really says. It says that in the Constitution. I've read the Constitution and it doesn't stop presiding over this trial you're presiding over. Sorry. My colleague, Alan Dershowitz, made the point which I won't get into except to say that President Trump is God. We don't want witnesses or evidence and our new justification for that is that if we call one witness, it'll lead to more witnesses. And that sounds like a lot of work, work, work. Our next question, which might arrive relatively quickly or take even longer than usual and people watching at home have no way of gauging, comes from three senators who wanted to make a point of saying that all three of them contributed to the question because they're actually vain enough to think anybody cares. And since there's no real reason for me to be doing any of this, I might as well sing the question in the style of
6: jazz scat. skiddly did diddly do bop bop is quid pro quo. Whoa, whoa, whoa! A crime.
2: The president is the law, and since the president cannot break himself, the president therefore cannot break the law.
7: Actually, whether or not a quid pro quo is or isn't a crime depends on a variety of factors.
3: Danger! 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 Distinguishing between a variety of different factors sounds like a lot of work. Work, work. That's all the time we have for the nonsensical impeachment trial game show. I'm presiding Chief Justice John Roberts, doing everything I can not to preside over what I'm presiding over, reminding you to please spay and neuter your pets. Mm-hmm.
0: At the beginning of his impeachment, President Trump tried to change the subject by trying to start a war with Iran, but since trying to start a war in the Middle East didn't work, this week President Trump decided to try
1: peace in the Middle East. And for the third time, our Trump impersonator is still a woman because of the rule of threes.
5: I have the best impeachment-avoiding idea in the history of impeachment-avoiding ideas.
3: Threaten to stick the heads of any Republican senator that goes
0: against you on a pike? In an unrelated story that explains that joke, CBS reported that President Trump threatened to stick the head of any Republican senator that went against him on a pike.
5: Even better. Remember a couple weeks ago when I tried to start a war with Iran, but all that happened was some soldiers got a headache?
3: Mr. President, please stop minimizing the trauma. I
5: killed General Salami Sandwich who was way worse than Bin Laden. But the Democrats hate America, so they wouldn't let me start a war.
4: How could I forget? It'll take years to undo
2: the damage you've done to the-
5: I will stick your head on a pike. Just to be clear, that's a
2: metaphor, right? It is for now.
5: But once I'm acquitted in the Senate, I'll be able to do whatever I want.
3: You're joking, right, Mr. President?
5: It's impossible to tell anymore. The point is, after my stable genius war impeachment distraction plan didn't work, I thought of a new stable genius impeachment distraction plan with my great stable genius brain. Oh, no. I will stick your head on a pike. I mean, I can't wait to hear your brilliant plan, Mr. President. The Democrats won't let me start a war in the Middle East because Obama. But they have to let me negotiate peace in the Middle East because Jimmy Carter.
3: You negotiated peace in the Middle East?
5: I talked to Bibi Nanyahu, who is still the Prime Minister, even though he's under indictment because Israel gets me. And we worked out the most best peace plan in the history of most best peace plans. What about
4: the Palestinians? The... Pal- who it stands? The Palestinians. The people who have been fighting for a homeland ever since Israel was created. And... I
5: know all about the Palestinians. I'm not a baby. The pale finally get their own Parasalian homeland.
2: Wow, there will finally be a country called
5: Palestine again. Fake news. Bibi promised that the new pile of sandian homeland would be called Trump.
3: You didn't consult with the Palestinians on this plan at all, did you? Uh,
5: Of course not. The best way to negotiate a two-state solution is to negotiate with one state and then tell the second state what you and the first state decided. There's no way the Palestinians will accept- Nobody sticks heads on pikes better than Trump! Why don't you show us your plan? So Israel gets whatever they want because Israel gets me. And the police system he ends, new country- which will be called Trump, will be right here.
3: That's the logo of the company that made the map.
5: I made peace in the Middle East, so they can't impeach me. And they have to give me a Nobel Peace Prize. And everybody has to say, wow, Trump's Nobel Peace Prize is the most peace craziest peace prize, much more nobly, peace prizily than Obama's Nobel Peace Prize. And if anybody doesn't say that about my Nobel Peace Prize, I will stick their head on a pike. Paddle Eagle Steins? The Paddle Eagles?
7: Paddle Eagles?
0: Senate impeachment trial of President Trump has come to an end.
1: Or maybe it hasn't. We recorded this on Thursday night. But the votes to potentially end the trial don't happen until Friday. So by the time this episode is published, the as of this recording, undetermined outcome will be determined.
0: And speaking of not being able to predict the future... Both sides of the impeachment debate have made the claim that if their side loses, it will have devastating future consequences. Here to help us and accurately predict the future is Barely Audible Whisper Zone. Fake Gypsy Psychic, not impressive.
2: Behold! I am not impressive! Predictor of predictable outcomes. Behold! I am not impressive! Foreseer of the foreseeable future.
1: Not impressive. Republicans claim that President Trump is being impeached for purely political reasons and that a purely partisan impeachment will lead to a disastrous partisan divide. What will America look like 20 years after the president is impeached on exaggerated charges purely for political reasons?
2: I see an electorate so fractured by impeachment that the results of the election immediately following impeachment are contested. I see this contested election leading to bitter tribalism that replaces genuine disagreements with personal animosity. And when the contested president is replaced by a president from the other party... The bitter opposition grows so extreme that the other party's leaders block everything the new leader does, no matter what. Mm, From this dysfunction, a greedy, incompetent, narcissistic demagogue emerges and endangers American democracy forever.
0: But that sounds like
1: exactly what's happening right now.
2: Yes, I see 20 years after the impeachment of President Clinton.
1: That's not impressive, not impressive. I appreciate your point about polarizing consequences of the Clinton impeachment, but you didn't predict the future.
2: Behold, I am not impressive, seer of that which has already been seen.
0: Not impressive? The Democrats contend that President Trump has subverted American interests to benefit his own personal interests and abused his office to demand illegitimate investigations of his legitimate political rivals, and that allowing that naked abuse of power to go unchecked will have damaging long-term consequences on American democracy.
2: Mm, I see President Trump emboldened by acquittal, becoming more reckless and authoritarian. Mm, I also see Trump being impersonated by a woman, and I sense he
5: hates that. I'm not vincible. I can do whatever I want because I was acquitted. And Alan Dershowitz said that my interests are America's, which means I am America.
2: Mm, I see Trump's base growing more fanatically
1: loyal. Trump was chosen by God. Trump supporters are already saying that. Behold, I am not impressive.
2: But unfortunately, Trump's fake Christian con artists are very impressive.
3: Trump was anointed by God, so if you ever go against Trump, you hate baby Jesus.
2: But wait! Mm. I see Trump's opposition growing and mobilizing and winning the election with landslide margins.
6: Thank God!
2: But wait! Mm. I see Trump refusing to accept defeat. I can't
5: lose the election because I am America. And if America votes against America, then America is un-American. And the only way to save America from un-American Americans is to appoint myself king
2: of America. Mm, Not only does he not accept defeat, he does not even accept the reality that he was defeated.
5: Caravans of millions of illegal gang member. Mexican Muslim Martian aliens. Pulled over the border to vote. Illegally for Democrats. And the illegal gang member. Mexican Muslim Martian aliens voted. And then they put on a different hat. And voted again. And then. They put on a different hat. And voted again. Millions of illegal gang member. Mexican Muslim Martian aliens. Have millions of hats So they can vote millions of times because illegal gang member Mexican Muslim Martian aliens stole all of the
2: hat-making jobs. That makes perfect sense. But wait! Um, I see a strong democratic resistance to Trump. (laughs) Unfortunately, democratic resistance is all a bunch of whining.
0: What will ultimately become of the American Republic?
2: Mm, I see an emboldened Trump appoints himself president for life. Mm, I see senators conspiring against and assassinating him in a desperate effort to save the republic from the tyranny they were complicit in allowing. Mm, I see this undemocratic effort to restore democracy ultimately failing and leading to the installation of an emperor.
1: You just described the rise and fall of Julius Caesar and the end of Roman democracy.
2: Behold! I am not impressive. History channel viewer.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people. Writer, producer, co-host, Dave Baldwin. Co-host, Molly Brown. Writer and actor, Daniel Carter Brown. And actors Corey Burns and Ali Golanic. Please follow us on social media. Check out what Dan's doing on our Facebook and some YouTube stuff. And subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to our podcasts. We appreciate your support.
1: <laughs>
5: the paddle equals stands. Finally, get there.
1: I don't think you say equals. <laughs> oh, it's I love. Really really but it's really funny it. that you did. I just yeah. HUMEROUS!